Hello and welcome to episode 21 of Love is a Battlefield, the DV podcast. My name is Tilly Moore and this is the episode called I Was a Misogynist. What? Me? Me? Have you seen my TikTok? It is all feminist content. It is all hashtag radfem. That's something we call radical, radical feminism. And it's a movement where we're all opening our eyes and educating each other. And I was educated by that movement. And now I'm helping others. Only (laughs) TikTok doesn't really like Australians. And we don't get, we don't get on the FYP. And if, yeah, I've had lots of a shadow ban for months for no reason. I have not, I've covered every word. If you've seen my TikTok, you know, I cover everything. I even cover the word tampon. I covered the word vulva or something in something. I cover everything and I still have all my content removed. I go to post instantly. It says community violations and deletes it. And then you have no record of those photos you've put up. Like there's, it's gone. They've deleted it. And once I appealed two weeks later, they put it back and just said, Oh yeah, sorry about that. And so this all started. Why did this start? It started because I got half a million views, just views, not likes, once. And I believe because they don't have the creator fund for Australia. Australia's not part of the plan for TikTok. It's UK, America, and some other places, but Australia's not part of that. So we don't get on that For You page as much because we're not in America. And so we... It says you've got community violations, yet there are people doing the same feminism content and they've got hundreds of thousands of likes, let alone views, probably millions of views to get that many likes. And they have the word rape in huge letters. They have every word out there. I messaged a couple of them and they're just like, oh, I've had a couple of things removed, but not much. Whereas mine, it's just, I'm not allowed to post anymore. Everything I, I cross my T's, dot my I's, I press post and it deletes it instantly and says you've violated community guidelines, which is, it's really hard. It kind of reminds you of DV, like when you're being accused of something you haven't done and you're like, really? So go back over it with fine tooth comb. And I'm like, I can't cover any more words. There's no other trigger words in there. There's nothing I'm doing wrong. The song is fine. It's off the TikTok list. There's nothing. And you, there's, And it just gets frustrating to the point of I've had to sort of give up again. And every time I post like a couple of things, then I just, they keep doing it. And I don't get on the For You page at all anymore. And 4,000 and something followers, I get um, like 100 views, which you think, wait a minute. I mean, not everyone clicks on the following when they go on, but 100 views when you've got 4,000 and something followers. So I'm not even getting on my followers follower page. (laughs) Yeah, you get a bit disheartened. So I've kind of like taken a step back on the effort factor for a while. I'm not like putting heaps into research and planning as much as I used to or editing or anything because it is like I'm doing this for you guys. I'm doing this for someone out there. Let's say her name is Sky or something, and she's just met a guy. She's met him on Tinder, and then she's gone on a first date, and he's just, he's got some red flags, but he's hiding them. Now, in a couple of years, she's going to come out and look for something like this, and she's going to find it, and maybe, maybe she has ADHD, and she can handle my really interesting way of talking really fast and awkward. And so she might come out and 
this might be perfect for her. And that's why I'm doing this. It's for you guys. It's for anyone who needs it. And so I am still committed to putting the content out there and helping people the way I wanted to be helped, the information I wanted to know, firsthand experiences and accounts, as well as education. I needed that. So I'm still here and I'm trying not to whinge, (laughs) but it is hard. Like last episode, I asked um, anyone who actually does listen to an entire episode or if anyone is actually a regular listener, like, is anyone listening? Please email me. And not one of you did, like no one did. So it is really hard to then take time and effort into like preparing it. And I'm not whinging at all. Like it's don't feel bad. Like do not ever feel bad. Like there's enough going on in the world. Like do not, it's not about you or anything like that. It's just, I don't know if anyone's actually out there and I don't trust Spotify telling me you've had this many listens and this many followers. It's like the math ain't mathing on that. So no one emailed. So it's like, don't let it get to you. I've got to keep remembering I'm doing this for you guys. I'm doing this for anyone who needs it. And hey, if I don't deliver it well, if you don't like my personality or the way I talk, like that doesn't matter. What matters is the people who've gone through this stuff who need this content. And hey, if they can relate to the way I talk, great. This is for them. It's not for anyone else. So you never know. But yeah, TikTok. TikTok is very feminist, my TikTok. And was, (laughs) not that I can post. I tried to post again. It was yesterday and I just gave up like instantly community guideline violation. Like, no, no, I triple checked everything. So I guess I'm, I'm on a ban. I've been on a ban for a while now. So I guess it's just how it is. And it's frustrating. So how did I get from being a misogynist to that? And you're like, why were you a misogynist? So I was raised in like the eighties. So the 80s was coming out of the 70s. <laughs> Did you know that? That's a that's a hot piece of information. I'm so glad you tuned in today to find out the 80s came after the 70s. That is information you would never have figured out yourself. But wasn't for me. But all that aside, why was I misogynist? I only recently realized how bad it was when I look back and see how far I've come. And of what I know now. So I was raised that feminists had hairy armpits, um, were like hippies, were angry, were like mentally cra- like crazy, bitter, hippie, lost women who were just going through a phase. And if you were called a feminist, it was offensive. It was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Because the word feminism and feminist was sold to me as being bad. And if you were called a feminist, you it was offensive. So you were defensive about that and you didn't want to be called a feminist. One thing uh, many years ago, even in recent, a few years ago, I resented feminists because I was blaming feminists for something that's actually caused by misogynists. So I was blaming feminists for why we have to work and do the kids. So in a typical kind of marriage in Australia, women have to work and do the kids and the house and everything. So traditionally, as you know, back in like the fifties and before that, 
women didn't have to work. Once they were married, they actually weren't allowed to work. Mum was saying that she had to quit her job when she got married because you didn't have to work. Oh my goodness. Imagine. Oops. I accidentally pressed stop then. <laughs> just, I was like touching the computer. <laughs> just like, like stop. Anyway, imagine not working. Actually, do a lot of American women not work and their husbands work? Because I see, I've seen posts in the last couple of days of people talking about things like, you know, feminism and all that. And all the men keep commenting, yeah, but you don't have to work. Like you just get looked after financially. And so that's why marriage benefits you because you just sit there and you don't have to do anything. And all you have to do is keep the house tidy and raise the kids. Like, are there, does that happen? Because here, unless you are with a man that happens to be like the CEO of a company, like, or some big person who's rich and making a lot of money, you can be a lady of leisure if that's happening. But if you don't have a husband who is earning or a partner or whatever the situation is, who is earning like crazy money, you have to work. The normal middle class and lower class, they have, the woman has to work. And every relationship I've been in where I've had to contribute 50% of money. I've been earning less than men who don't. See, I have a bachelor degree and I earn less than men who don't have bachelor degrees because they get these jobs where men just earn more because men, uh, because they can lift heavy things or something. I did have a job where I lifted heavy things. Anyway, anyway, moving right along, like humans aren't heavy. Don't even start me. So in every relationship, I've had to provide 50% or more or 100% in one case. That was a not nice person and something I have talked about before. But in every relationship, it is expected I will bring home the bacon and I will provide a minimum 50% of all expenses and I will do all the children's stuff and I will clean the house and do everything for the house. And the men could like have a hobby of like liking playing with their car or whatever. And that's their chore is their hobby. Whereas women, if they have a hobby that's selfish and that hobby really shouldn't impact on children or anything like that, because their main focus is to serve, serve the children, serve the husband. So I was resenting feminism because I believed feminism was women pushing for the right to work. And I'm like, why did you do that? Why did you push for the right to work? So now we have to work on top of do all the household stuff. Now we have double the work. We're doubly stressed and men are accusing us of like, when we speak about the stress, oh, you're crazy, you're horrible because women are under so much pressure in this generation. Women who don't have rich husbands um, are under so much pressure because we have to bring home the bacon, we have, I don't know if you've heard that expression, bring home the bacon. It just means, you know, provide for the family. You have to provide financially work and be at home. And there's this whole thing that I've seen on social media where people are like, if you're at home with the kids, you feel guilty that you're not at work. If you're at work, you feel guilty that you're not at home because women now have to work and do all the home stuff And it's just this added pressure. And so I was blaming feminism for that. And it wasn't until once I saw something and it just opened my eyes and it was like, no, that's misogyny's fault. 
feminism gave us the right to work so like men, like women aren't banned from working. Women are allowed to work. Like in biblical days, women couldn't work. So they could only be a prostitute if their husband died and they had no man to marry them to support them. They Many would be forced into prostitution, yet in the they're like judged for being prostitutes, yet it was that or starved to death because women weren't allowed to have jobs. But now women are allowed to have jobs and that's what feminism was fighting for. But misogyny is men going, oh, you're working now? Oh, but you're still going to do that. Misogyny is what made women have to do both. I was thinking it was feminism, but no, it's not. Feminism was just saying, hey, can we be people too? Can I be a human as well as you? Or am I just like an animal here to serve you? Like some men, I believe, you know, that mindset that animals brains are not as switched on as ours. So that's why like we can just sit on a horse and like make it do stuff or you can just have a cow in a paddock and then kill it. It's like people just treat animals less valuable than themselves because they think, oh, well, they don't have the cognition to sort of understand everything. I believe that men, and if I was a man, I probably would think this, that women are born to serve and women are born with brains that are not the same as a man. Like we're not actually human. We have brains where it's like we're just designed to serve them and to serve children and to enjoy that and not actually want to be human. And so I've actually had conversations where I would try to teach men, you know, our brains are the same, right? Like not the same. I mean, they're different, but we're human beings and we have similar desires to be happy and to find joy and things we like doing and connection with others. Like we are human beings because there's this mindset that we're just, we're just designed to want less, like we're like an animal um, sent here to serve mankind, but we're not mankind, we're woe man. Yeah, the whole idea of the word man being in woman, <laughs> man with a womb, but we're not a man with a womb because we don't get treated like a man with a womb. <laughs> so that was one of my first backwards thinkings was that it was feminism's fault that, oh, great, now I have to work and do have the stress of the house and the children and all the responsibility of that, it's immense. And it is so common in Australia to have that, like women have to work. And in many cases, women are earning more sometimes nowadays than the men. And a lot of the men are sort of pulling back and going, oh, women work now, I don't have to work as much or at all or something. Yet there's not stepping up. So the misogyny is when men saw that women could start working and went, yes, please, women now earn money. And we went, okay, we'll go earn money. Yet they didn't make it fair. They still force women to do all the responsibilities in the home and with the children. That's the problem is misogyny that didn't make it equal. We, I thought feminism was trying to do that. But no, misogyny is why it's still not equal. Why they go, oh, if you want to work, you can work. No, no, they're not actually like that. Now they're like, you have to work. Why aren't you working? You're lazy. Bring home money. And so you're like, okay, I'll go work. But could you do? Could we do 50? 
if we're both working the same hours and out of the house the same amount of time, could we do 50-50 with the household stuff? No. I thought they, they'll they say yes at the start of a relationship. Don't get me wrong. They will say yes, but they don't. And then we, that brings in weaponized incompetence. Should do an episode on that. I've, I've talked about it. I've talked about it. I don't know if it's a whole episode worthy, but I can talk a lot. So <laughs> I go on tangents. So I probably will do an episode on that. So in childhood, there were so many messages like advertising, TV, everything. Women had to be skinny. Women had to look a certain way. If you were not skinny, you were not worthy enough to be married. You're not worthy enough for a man. That was the message shouted at us in society back then. Um, it still is in today in some ways, but it, it has changed a lot. But we were told that if you want a man, you must be slim. And if you don't want him to leave you, you must be slim. And if he cheats on you or leaves you, it's because you are not slim. And being slim was everything. Oh, but you also have to have massive boobs because boobs, you know, is fat tissue. So you expect to have fat in that place, but not anywhere else. (laughs) And women had to live by this. And so I was raised with that. If you could look back, my parents had some magazines from the seventies, sixties, no seventies, early seventies. And the ads in them, and I did early, early on in TikTok posts, some ads from back in the day, they were all like control your missus, all about, oh, her weight. It, that, it was so misogynistic. And that's the values that I was raised with. And I remember at the dinner table, so let's get into diet. At the dinner table, the men got the big meals. The adult man got the biggest. And then the other man got the next biggest. And the boy and then the females got the least. And then the mother of the house got like scraps, literal scraps. And I even said to mine, why don't you feed yourself a whole meal? Like, why aren't you feeding yourself like a meal? Even if you want a smaller one, like you're just eating like the scraps. She's like, oh, I'm not the hungry. And, you know, I don't want to eat too much. And women shouldn't eat too much. And like I, it was that society of that time. Do you know, okay, here, here's some confessions that I only just realized recently. Do you know, okay, so young adult dating boyfriends. At KFC, I would get the Twister because it had tomato and lettuce and it seemed healthier than a zinger. Do you know it's not? Oh my goodness. To learn that, my heart broke. So I would always get a Twister thinking I'm a girl because I was raised in my head, I had, I'm female, I have to have something healthier. Only men, I was taught and raised, only men could have the hearty meals and the deep fried stuff. Like a girl shouldn't do that because you'll get fat and then you won't be worthy for a man. And this is just ingrained in society then. And it's just, it was in everything. And I just, I'd forgotten that I thought this way. And only recently I remembered. So my boyfriend would be sitting there eating a large chips, a full sugar soft drink and Zinger Burger. And this is back when Zinger Burgers tasted good. Like in Australia, KFC is not it like now, but in like the late 90s, they were it. Like the late 90s when the Zinger first came out, thick billet, so good. And I, being female, would get the twister and be like, and I didn't really like it. 
but I'd be like, I've got to be healthier. Like, and every menu I remember now, every menu I'd look at, I'd have to think what's healthier. And it goes back to Eddie Murphy's comedy skit. I believe it's the one called Delirious where he's on stage and he's in like red leather outfit. I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube. And there's one skit he does where they're at a, he's describing he's at a restaurant with a woman on a first date. And he's like, asking her what she wants to eat. And she's like, I just have a salad. And he's like, would you like anything else? And she's like, and some water. And he's, and then they're like eating and the night goes on and her stomach goes. And then she goes, I don't know why my stomach is making that noise. And he goes, cause you're hungry, bitch. Because he was taking the Mickey out of the fact that women on dates will order a salad because they don't want to be seen to be eating much because a man will not value you. If you eat a steak and chips on a first date back in the day, like now you you can, now we can. But if you did that back then, the man would look at that and think she's going to be fat when she's older. I'm not going to date her. I'm not marrying this one. Literally, that's what we were taught. So we would order the salad. I remember even like around just before I was like, yeah, 30. I remember I was living with a partner and I remember that we would go out to dinner and I would always look for the Caesar salad or a salad of some kind. And now they're telling us that the Caesar dressing is so evil and so bad that the Caesar salad is just as fatty as chips and a steak. And I'm like, don't you dare tell me that too. Because I would literally order a salad every time because I was female and I believed in my brain. And I'm looking back at this now and I'm like, how did I think that? But I've talked to other women who are around my age and they thought the same thing too. I mean, it wasn't just me. Eddie Murphy's taking the mickey out of it. All of us did it. We ordered the salad and I would stare at the man's meal, not realizing you desire that, you know, you're allowed to have that. There was just a thing in my brain saying, you're a girl. You can't do that. You haven't earned the right to have that by doing man jobs or having a penis. So they would have like the steak or the ribs or something and chips. And you'd just be like, oh, that looks good. But you would just be, you were so conditioned that no, I'm happy with my salad And you would have a salad and then you'd go home to bed and sleep. And I'm like, where's the carbs? (laughs) And I'd forgotten this. And so other examples of misogyny that I had. Oh, my gosh. So I was really slim my whole life and then I got cortisol from stress. If you've gone through a trauma uh, and you're starting to gain weight, especially around your um, middle section, that is cortisol. Just Google that um, from any trauma in that. And I also got Hashimoto's thyroid that slows your metabolism right down. I used to have the best metabolism, always be slim. And so then I got obese and then now I'm in the process of losing that. So I am glad that I got to experience what it was like to be bigger because I was raised, and this is really sad. I was raised that if you're big, you are worthless. You are not a human. You will not get a husband and 
just all the things we were fed by society. I mean, you look at every TV show host in the 70s, 80s, 90s, they were all slim. If you wanted to be on TV, if you wanted to be successful, you had to be slim. So I remember thinking if I was a man, I would get the no fat chick sticker and put up my car. Can you freaking believe that? I'm so glad that I got, not so glad because it really kind of sucked and it was really um, horrible, but I'm glad I experienced being obese because it was, it just opened my eyes to how obese people are treated in our society. Literally, when you, the, the bigger I got, the more invisible I was. I'm talking invis, not, oh, I wasn't getting perved on, not that but literally let people bump into you at the shop. Like you do not exist. You're not a human being. You do not exist. You are not worthy. And the society is telling you that like you feel so bad and I'm love, 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 loving so many groups. And there's people I follow, um, on Facebook and TikTok and everything. And they get together and they have curvy groups and they're supporting each other. And it's like, yes, there is a voice now because people cannot help being bigger. There is a reason that they are and no one chooses, no one consciously, unless they're like, what's that? The men in Japan with the nappy? (laughs) Sumo, sumo wrestlers. They apparently bulk up intentionally, but the average obese person isn't doing it intentionally. They're not, no one wants to carry it. I am telling you, I'm telling you that that man over there is not real. Sorry, I just heard that I'm telling you. That's a TikTok joke. If you're not on TikTok, like I am, just keep, let's just, let's keep going. Just ignore that if you didn't get it. (laughs) It's a, it's a classic TikTok line. But what I was telling you, I'm telling you that when I was obese, it is so heavy. I was in pain constantly carrying that weight is like end stage pregnancy. If anyone knows what that is like in those last weeks where you just like, please get out. It is like that, but even more because it's, you, you've put on more weight than a baby and some amniotic fluid. You are like, it is heavy and it hurts and everything rubs and you even can't even wipe your own butt the right way. And it's so, it's, it's just, I needed that fly on the wall experience to appreciate that. And then I remembered thinking that when I was young and how horrible of me, how toxic and how I had been raised to think that, to think that, oh, oh, I just, because I was told that if you put on five kilos that you've let yourself go, your man's going to leave you. I got married when I was younger and I wasn't married for long uh, to a man and he seemed nice and he actually didn't abuse me. And so I regretted like leaving him like my whole life, like major regrets. It was, it was literally like friends, you know, how she got off the plane. I got on it because I had to meet a truck down when I was, they put all my stuff on the sidewalk. I had to go and meet the truck, but I shouldn't have, I should have done the you know, Rachel and Ross thing and like got off the plane, but I had the practical measures. You can't just do that. Like it was after nine 11, you can't just get off a plane back then. They would try and get your luggage off back then because they thought you might've planted something on there. Anyway, 
So that relationship, he told me when we were getting married, can we put something in the in the marriage clause, like a clause, like if you get fat, then, then we can just, you know, then it's automatically like we're divorced. And I remember laughing and just thinking, oh, yeah, and that's not going to happen. Like, oh. And now I think if exes, like when I was big, I just think if exes saw me, they'd be like, oh, I dodged a bullet there. And this whole thing that we were raised with in that generation that you are not worthy, if a woman is not worthy if she's overweight, yet dad bods, everyone loves a dad bod. We honor men who are overweight. You see I think because of the population difference, like there are more women than there are men. So men can always get, they always upgrade. They always get a woman that is really good looking. And it's just because, oh, a man's giving you attention. Well, look at that. So this episode isn't about diet and it's not about being overweight and that. It's about the misogyny that women were less if they put on weight. And I was raised to think that. And now I hadn't forgotten that that I even thought like that. And I had those memories recently and thought, wow, wow, I can't believe I restricted my eating. And I thought such toxic, horrible things. And I apologize to society and everyone that I had those thoughts and that I was conditioned to think that way. And it's so sad because on social media now you see so many women still doing that, like still having these internalized, this internalized misogyny. They don't know they're misogynist. They don't know because they're so conditioned. And you see these comments that I'm like, yeah, I used to be, I used to think like that. And I used to be told that, but it's not like, and you can't, you can, all they can do is the fact that they're on the social media means they'll probably see more and more content and the penny will drop because it worked for me. Being nearly murdered, being in a situation where the only thing keeping me held hostage, the only weapon was his male muscle mass compared to my female muscle mass. And the fact that I couldn't physically escape because he would grab me and beat me because he was physically stronger than me. That really opened my eyes to the fact that violence against women is such a problem because I nearly lost my life. And if he had kept going like I would be dead right now because I'm female and that just shook me up and then that's what started me on my feminism journey and now I know that feminists we're just seeing everything the way it is and how unfair it is and another thing I was raised that women serve men if you want to be a good wife you cook cookies for your man I used to do that so I wouldn't I didn't know about like the more like mental sort of side of being in a relationship, like mentally like supporting the man. And because I was raised that men, the opposite thing. Yes. I was raised that men have no emotion, that they are like robots, you know, with that toxic thinking that men don't cry because they're different and they don't cry. And Women are weak and horrible and they cry. Women are so weak and pathetic. Now we know men are very, very much more emotional than women, much more psychologically weak than women, and men are physically stronger than women. Typically, typically, allegedly, allegedly. Mm, So true. But back then, I was conditioned to think men are so stoic and strong. They don't 
cry, you know, the healthy way of processing emotions. They are angry and aggressive and violent. That shows strength. Actually, it's a sign of weakness. (laughs) Here I am like arguing the thoughts I used to have because I was conditioned to think that. So I would go into a relationship with a man not knowing how emotional and sensitive men were because I was raised with this whole misogyny, patriarchy, bullshit. So I would literally see them as these fun people who were stoic. Like I had male friends when I was young adult and we would drink and hang out and, you know, it was me and my boyfriend and his friends and there'd be other girls that were dating other guys there. And I loved hanging around men and I had male friends in high school and I loved hanging around men because I thought they're so laid back. They don't overthink things like they're so fun and they're always funny. I just assume men are just funny and just don't really think too much about things and that we were the emotional ones. So when I got into relationships, I didn't understand that the person I'm with is super sensitive, super emotional and needs so much emotional support. So I would just make jokes. I remember when I was with that first husband when I was younger that I made a joke and called him a dickhead because in Australia, we... I don't think other countries use dickhead. I don't know. But in Australia, I remember a Japanese exchange student. I was like, oh, what's your word for dickhead? And she's like, we don't have one. I'm like, is it chinchin atama? Because chinchin is penis and atama was like head. And she's like, no, please don't say that. <laughs> Fun fact. Anyway, dickhead is like, oh, you dickhead. It's something you say to like your mate when they're being silly or something. And you only say it in situations where you can like sort of swear and say crass things like that. Like you don't, I don't, oh, no, sometimes people say in traffic when someone cuts them off or does something in traffic, they're like, you dickhead. So it can be aggressive or it can be like, oh, you dickhead, like funny. So he did something silly and funny and I went, oh, you dickhead. And he was like, why did you say that? And I'm like, huh? Like everyone says it. Okay, not everyone. They don't really anymore. Back then, I swear it, it was used a lot more. And I was like, oh, I was just joking. Like, And he's like, well, if you say dickhead, that hurts my feelings. And I was like, hey, because I didn't know he had any. <laughs> Why I'm single. No. Like, oh, don't worry. Before I got in the domestic violence relationships, I had... I had figured that out and I had got to a state, I'd learned a lot. I'd read books, not all of them because I don't like reading, not cover to cover, but I picked up the themes and I learned to respect men and treat them much better than that. Like, no, I treated them good. I made cookies. I served in the house. I kept clean house. I kept myself thin. I even got breast implants to please that first husband because I, but I didn't know that none of that mattered. I didn't know that what he really needed was emotional support because I was taught that whole patriarchal bullshit that men don't have feelings. And now, like, so in recent, and so then I got to this stage where I was very respectful of men, very aware of their feelings and the support they needed. So I was so ready for like a really good relationship because I was ready to just treat men really good. And then I met an abusive psychopath 
And it's like, what a waste. What a waste. I was so ready to, someone would have loved, like, not only the cookies, but they would have also loved the emotional support and more respect in that area and not being called dickhead. And I was finally at that mature place and it was all ruined by abusive psychopath. But yes, when I was young, I was raised to think that of men. I was also raised that men have all the knowledge of the world. And I believed this. Here's more misogyny I had. I believed that women were dumb and men knew everything. If you needed to know something, you had to ask a man. I was in Bunnings with mum recently and she was, we were looking for something on the shelf and all it was as a matter of, I knew we were in the right aisle. It was just scanning to find where the products were. And she was saying out loud because there was a man nearby. So she kept going, I wonder where it is because she wanted the man to come and help. And the man went, oh, here's an opportunity for an ego boost. I'll, I'll help these women. And he went, what are you looking for? And she went, oh, oh thank you. Um, I'm looking for this. And I'm like, dude, I used to work at Bunnings. I know we're in the right spot. Like, just give me like 3.7 seconds to find the area ourselves. No. And then he goes, oh, and he picked one off the shelf. He picked the, like, there are so many brands, but he picked one off the shelf, said, buy this. And she went, oh, thank you. And you know what she said then? You know what she said? I knew I should have asked a man from the start. Thank you. And I went, what? What? So I've been trying to educate her generation about that. I'm like, you know, like we were in the right spot. We were like literally just about to walk up to that spot. And why are you buying that one? Why not go, okay, that's the area. Let's see if there's a cheaper brand. Or do we want the cheap one, the more expensive one? Let's review and see which one we want. She's like, no, I'm going to buy this one because he said to. Um, there's a lot from childhood and from my parents, like in that, like the men had control of all the things. And so yet the mother, the mother, I, I'm, see, I'm very mindful. I don't want to blame any individuals for anything. So I don't want to put down anyone or say anything that can be construed as being negative because we are just products of the way we were raised and we all do the best job we can do. So I'm very mindful of not wanting to go, my parents, this and that. But my mum had a bachelor degree and got like all seven. Seven's the highest scores you can get, like just excelled. And my father went to grade eight and had undiagnosed dyslexia and she had to help with forms and that. And But uh, we were taught the man is the most knowledgeable person who controls everything. And... If you don't know something, go to a man. And I believed this even as a teenager with my male friends. I would just ask them facts about the world and be like, and, you know, they loved mansplaining because I'd be like, really? Wow. And I think, wow, he honored me by answering that question. He honored me with his time. Wow. And I went to an all-girls Catholic school and I came out idolizing men because men were the forbidden fruit. So I came out just like, a man spoke to me. Wow, a man wants to date me. Wow, a real male. (laughs) I was also raised, I'm just bouncing topic to topic, just telling you all this misogyny stuff and patriarchal stuff I was raised with. Was anyone else raised that men don't wash their hands after grabbing their penis? 
So we were raised that men don't have to wash their hands after they go to the toilet because all they've done is grabbed their cock, grabbed their genitals, held their penis in their hand. Whereas women, we've touched toilet paper. We have not made contact with any genitalia, any urine, any blood, any, nothing gets on your hands. You touch the toilet paper and touch the flush button. Whereas a man touches his junk. He actually grabs his sweaty dick or peels it off his sweaty ball sack. And is this where I've just lost everyone? <laughs> Do you know I'm actually sitting here? I'm sitting here like, pretending to grab a dick. Like I'm actually, I need to start filming these. Because you need to see like the hand expressions and what I'm doing. Like I'm actually pretending to grab a dick right now because I'm just showing that they did that. And we were taught men don't have to wash their hands because they don't have vaginas. What the fuck? So when I was working in a job where young men would come in to get interviewed, many would try and shake my hand and I would be later hand sanitizing under the table because I just, it was that moment I started thinking dick hands, dick hands is a thing. Let's make dick hands a thing. So dick hands is, dick hands is when men don't wash their hands after they pee. So they touch their dick and then they touch light switches. They touch lift buttons. They touch, they shake hands with people and this, everything they touch is their dick because they've touched their dick and now there's dick everywhere. And so they, grabbing your hand or doing something with their dick hands. And so I then taught my daughters about dick hands and like how you've got to sanitize, you've got to wash your hands because, you know, men have dick hands and they'll just touch their dick and then touch everything. And now they go around saying dick hands. <laughs> and they're, now their peers come out of the toilet and they don't wash their hands and they're like, oh, so you've got dick hands. Because no, none of us even questioned it. I never questioned that. I never, well, when I was told it, I was like, well, that doesn't make sense because we touch toilet paper, they touch a dick. But like, it is what it is. Society's telling you a man does not have to wash his hands. You are a dirty woman. Women are dirty because you have a vagina. I was taught, like, I felt shame for having a vagina. Like, it was a dirty thing because I had to wash my hands. I'm not fingering my vagina. I'm If I put a tampon in, Australian tampons don't have applicators. Oh, you can buy applicators, but generally they don't come with applicators. But if you do that, you wash your hands, duh. But, I mean, I want I wash my hands every time regardless. But to say that a woman has a vagina, therefore she is dirtier after touching toilet paper, but a man can grab his genitals and then just go and touch everything in the world with his dick hands. I do sound bitter, don't I? This is a lot of pent up stuff. This is a lot of like, but I thought this, this is what I thought. I truly believe that. I believe that women served men and I actually wanted to be a Stepford wife. Actually, I still kind of would have liked that lifestyle in not working. Nursing has been really fucked. (laughs) I say that close to the microphone, like working and having kids and doing it all alone. It's, it's, it's been hard but uh working I'd rather not I'd rather like because you've got to clean your house anyway and if you have kids they're there anyway it'd just be better not to work I'd like to be a lady of leisure but unfortunately 
that didn't happen for me. And in situations where there was a man, I had to do even more and I had to serve him before the children. Oh, that's another thing. The men comes before the children, like the men's needs, wants. If the man, if something upsets a man, the children have to change for the man and everything is about the man's feelings at the detriment to what the child psychologically needs. Another thing, I genuinely thought women were like not just here for sex and here to serve, not consciously. This is all subconscious, all internalized misogyny. Uh, I thought being a woman was an advantage because if you went into a nightclub and you wanted to have sex, this is what my friend, a girl I knew once told me she'd called it pussy power. And she's like, well, if we want sex, we can get it any time, but men can't get it any time. How is that power? You can get used, your body used by someone anytime. <laughs> and I used to think we had advantages and because we were pretty and, you know, women could use their prettiness to get things in the world. But really all I got was some free stubby coolers. When I was a promo model, I just got, you know, some free stubby coolers, maybe a cap or two. <laughs> um, modeling work is good though. I like that work. It is easy. You just stand, sit, pose. Long days, very long days, depending on the shoot and what you're doing. They're long days, but it's, there's no stress. It's, it's, it's good. Oh, except you just got to look good and not eat much. <laughs> but no, I liked that job. But that was just so much misogyny, so much. So I want you to think back in your life and I don't know how old you are. If you're young, you probably have been woke. I don't even, I've never used the word woke yet. You've probably been like had your eyes open the whole time. You've probably just been a feminist because you've been raised in this new era that is us now getting it. And when I tell you I cried in the Barbie movie, my goodness, like the emotions in the Barbie movie, like finally someone said it. Finally someone said everything we've been thinking. And we get it. Like we're all getting it now. And men are shaking in their boots and they are really tearing us down. Like men want us to shut up because they don't want things to change. They don't want to do the dishes. They don't want to do the laundry. They don't want to give a crap about their kids. They want women to serve them as they always have. And I still feel this pang of guilt saying that. I feel a pang of guilt that we are stepping out of our role as serving men. And how dare we? It's so ingrained, but we dare. We're, men are people too, so they should contribute to society as well. It's just, it's going to be a few generations before things really shift, Like, but there has been such a move. And I apologise to the world for being part of that. Oh, here's, here's the last little nugget for you. I was the crowd favourite in a wet t-shirt competition. I got a trophy, I got money, like a check, like cash, and free shirt. <laughs> In this wet t-shirt competition, there's, okay, oh my gosh. Right, so I wanted to, I believe, okay, I was raised, 
that you had. I'm like, okay, okay. I was raised that you should do anything to please your man. Otherwise he will leave you. And if he leaves you, it's your fault for not pleasing him. So I had a partner and he would, he cheated the whole time. I did not know he was cheating, but I knew he wanted to. And he would always talk about other women and look at her body, look at her breasts, look at her this, look at that. And I felt like nothing, like I was just being used. And so the solution in this pre-feminist me was, oh, look, there's a wet t-shirt competition. I'll go in that and maybe, just maybe he'll think I'm not a piece of shit. Maybe he'll think I'm of some value if I can win this competition. (laughs) And there was a huge, so this is that, okay. So here's a hoon, a hoon. A hoon is someone who drives cars fast and is a bit of a bogan. And this is the Summer Nats Festival. It's this car bogan hoon festival in Canberra. And we went there and they had that. And I said, oh, I'll do that. And my, we were staying with friends down there and they looked after my daughter. I only had one child then for the night and we went back to go into this competition and I met some lovely girls backstage yes we all had um daddy issues we all had um a history of abuse and stuff like that we all you know uh and we were there and you know what daddy issues is not the girl's fault calling a girl off okay let's just let's just go back to this and we have to touch on this telling a girl you've got daddy issues is not it anymore now it's like I'm sorry for the dad that treated you in a way or abandoned you or whatever the case was. I'm sorry for the men in your life who led you to have daddy issues. How about we put the responsibility on the people who let the girl down instead of saying, well, you've got daddy issues as if it's her fault. Why would daddy issues ever be the fault of the female child who grows up to an adult? Oh, well, she's acting like she had some trauma history. Why is that her fault? Should she not? Like, you can't not have what you have. Like, you can't not have been through what you've been through. So I love, I've seen this shift in social media that we don't insult women for daddy issues anymore. We insult the daddies for giving the issues. We insult the men for letting down women. You know, the people who cause, like, if... People cause that trauma. Next time you see a girl and she's got daddy issues, say, I'm so sorry for any man in your life that treated you less than you deserved. Instead of saying, oh, look at the way she's acting. Well, if, if, if it's so common that women act a certain way because they were let down by a man in their life, let's look at the men. You know, it's like paying out single mums and calling us whores. How about instead of picking on single mums, we go absent dads. And I love how there's a shift in social media saying absent dads rather than single mums because where are the men? So back to the wet T-shirt competition. Uh, yeah, there was like videos of it and there was – I was in a magazine. And, yes, when I was on that stage, there were like hundreds of people. Like it was on this big stage and there were like hundreds of men I guess there would have been women out there somewhere and they were all, so my number was number two 
and they were all going number two, number two, enchanting. And I was like, <laughs> I thought I've really made it, you know, people like, see, I'm a person, I'm worthy because I had fake tits. But the reason they liked my tits was because I got fake tits, then had a child and breastfed. And so they looked kind of natural, but like they, that was the most perfect they ever looked. They looked natural-ish, but still like perfect because they were fake, but post breastfeeding because they're under the muscle. They had nothing to do with the breast tissue. So I breastfed anyway. So uh, too much information, but I just thought, yes, now I am worthy to this man. Maybe he'll think I'm worthy. And he said, I was so proud of you. Afterwards, he said, I told people in the crowd, she's my girlfriend. And they went, yeah, right. And then he's like, no, I picked up, pulled up pictures of you. And they're like, wow, you're so lucky, man. She's so hot. And everyone was chanting and celebrating me having freaking fake tits. What the actual fuck was that? What? Because I was raised by nudists, but that's going to be another episode. Like what? Um, that's Let's just skip over that point because this episode's gone too long. And just raised with this whole women are sexual. Get your kid off if it can get you any advantage in life. Like use your body. If you don't lose, what's that saying? If you don't use it, no, not that you don't use it, you lose it. If you've got it, flaunt it. And my parents knew about it and everything and everyone knew. And it was just like, oh, wow, that's so good. Like what? Oh, and mum showed dad the magazine. That's so fucking toxic. What the fuck? If you know your daughter is topless in a magazine, why the fuck are you looking? They're the nudists. Anyway, <laughs> don't fucking look. I'm naked. What the fuck? Curiosity killed the cat. The cat's fucking dead. What the fuck was that? Anyway, so but it was all accepted by everyone. Everyone's like, oh, great. That's so good. Good on you. I did. I was standing on this stage being cheered for like a celebrity. And I was nothing. I had no talent. I was just a person. And I put my clothes back on and walked out like I was no one. And I blended into the crowd like no one. Because once you take the makeup off and put your clothes on, you're nothing. Like, and I thought that was okay. What? Oh, man. What? There's so much to look back on in life. And you think, what the frick was I thinking? So, that yeah, women were just for sex objects and I played into that. I became a part of that. And now I would hate to think if they still ran that. I'm assuming they do. I would hate to think of the idea of it, that women are objects and you throw them on a stage and make them. And they made us. Like most women in that, we had a shirt and it was a wet T-shirt competition. So we thought we just put a bucket over our head with this shirt that had like a pink print on it and it was white and um you know how it goes clear that's what we signed up for backstage they were saying no you're ripping the shirt and they came up to us and tore our shirts so that our tits came out and they said well that's what that's just what we're doing and they went up to sexually assaulted like all these women they went up and tore our shirts and said and I was like, so is this a topless competition? They're like, no, it's a wet T-shirt. And I'm like, well, why aren't we just having the T-shirt and wetting it? 
And they said, oh, we're not allowed to pour buckets of water on the stage because of the electrical stuff that's on the stage and everything. So we have to wet you down here and we have to prep you down here. And then they're like tearing our shirt and, and, and we go out and there's like our boobs, like it's just our boobs. Like we've got torn shirt on us. And then like there was no shirt left. Like we why didn't they just tell us it's a topless competition? Get your t- Maybe they had to do it under the guise of wet T-shirt competition. We all were topless in all the pictures. We had no tops on. So I don't know if they made us take it off or I think someone came along and just then ripped the shirt off us. And, um, and we were wet soaked. Like I went out in these little undies, but they were like boy leg undies. I don't know why I had undies. Oh, because we couldn't wear a skirt. We had to wear our undies. We weren't allowed to wear clothes. Like they just like, so it was a bit of a bait and switch. They signed us up for one thing, thinking, oh yeah, wet t-shirt. And then, and all the women looked uncomfortable. That would not happen these days. Hell to the freaking no. If I was around any of that, I'd be like, that's sexual assault. You do not touch her. Do you want just a wet t-shirt? Right. They're just doing wet t-shirt. But even then I would not be supportive of that. I'd be like, unless the men are playing wet dick. Like you're putting them in white, like, like hanky over their dick. And we're then looking at their dick shape or some shit. You were not doing that to women anymore. And I'm assuming it still happens. I don't know. I'm not even going to look into it. I don't want to know. And now I look back and go, oh, that was a thing, but it was part of my life. It was something I had to experience. And hey, it's the only time people actually cheered for me my whole life was because I had fake tits that I'd paid for. Yay. That's my value. And that's the only time in my life I've been valued by a big group of people. Like, no, this is my podcast. But, oh, get fake tits, get them out. Oh, legend, legend, legend. Have a check, money, have a trophy. You are amazing. Let's honor you. <laughs> I'm starting to sound like um, Taryn Manning. Um, I love oranges and me black. Anyway, that's it for today because I've gone on, but I was a miso- internalized misogynist. I didn't know. And there are so many women commenting on social media who don't know too. They're still in that mind frame. They're still conditioned to think that, but I love that this generation is making changes and then future generations are going to be raised to already have their eyes open and there's going to be changes, but it is going to take a few generations and we're not going to be here to see that, but we are going to be part of that. And that's why it's so important to share this content as in share like feminism content on like TikTok and everything. You don't have to share my podcast. Like it's not many people are going to like it. Like a, uh, it's a bit weird. <laughs> well, you get what you pay for and zero dollars doesn't get you very far. <laughs> okay. At the end of the day, the most important thing is stay safe legends. Love you. Bye.